My name is Matt Brown. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. And let's start the show. For 152 yards for Swakon Barkley. What's happening, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. We have another stellar NFL show for each and every single one of you, and we have a lot of great content as per usual. And before we get into this great, absolutely fantastic NFL podcast, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prodcombo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Thank you to Dolo Ren for producing that content for us on our social media platforms so we have an nfl week that was definitely all it was cracked up to be we had a game of the year candidate stellar divisional matchups uh highlights that will be played on forever and ever inexperienced coaches beating experienced coaches and all that in between and it's time to break it down. We have the complete NFL crew with you today, and this is going to be our team moving forward from here on out. And that team is Alex Young, Alex Ronelio, Desmond Price, and Brian McKeon. And we definitely had great chemistry going. We had stellar takes as per usual, lots of laughs, lots of profound thoughts, and ultimately... We give you a stellar NFL podcast. Don't forget to stay tuned after to hear Ramblin' Russ's picks in college football and the NFL's upcoming week. And as we get it closer to Thanksgiving, plenty to be thankful for. We have lots and lots of great podcast episodes coming your way. So lots to do, lots to cover, and let's begin our podcast. Let's have the panel discussion talk all things in week 10 of the National Football League. So here we go. Alex, Alex, Desmond, and Brian. It's your guys' turn once again. Let's talk about week 10 in the NFL. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Week 10 of the NFL, best week so far. I mean, let's reflect. We had an inexperienced coach win an NFL game. We had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks who were considered has-beens getting important victories to keep their seasons alive. Um, We saw an undefeated team finally get beat. And um, we had one game that was candidate for game of the year. We are going to make fun of the Eagle fan in here, the Cowboy fan in here, and the Raider fan in here, while the Giants fans are still riding high. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, let's get to it right here, right now. Alex Ronelio, Alex Young, Desmond Price, Brian McKeon. What's up, gentlemen? Much. Good, man. Glad to be back. 
Yes, yes. Desmond covering a historic uh, midterm election. Then he goes viral thanks to uh, up and coming actor in Florence Pugh. So you've had a good week, huh? It's been um, it's been a it's been a week, man. Hey, man. Congratulations on the new exposure and glad to have you back after that. So let's get to it. So before we make fun of each other, before the roast take place, let's talk about the game of the year right away because of the implications in two divisions, especially we had the Vikings and the Bills play a true thriller. We had the best in the AFC East. And now that could be debated the best in the NFC North, which is not debated. But in a truly in a big game that really set these divisions apart, we saw the Vikings win 33 to 30 in overtime from major Josh Allen turnovers, which set the tone to Kirk Cousins showing that if you just have any room for Justin Jefferson, you can get him the ball. Plus having Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen doesn't hurt either. And then TJ Hawkinson as well. And uh, we had, like I said, the game of the year so far. And now the Vikings are eight and one. The Bills are six and three, which is surprising for what we thought was going to happen. So, gentlemen, what sticks out more to you? That the Vikings are now eight and one after week 10 in the NFL or the Bills are six and three after week 10? You know, I'm shocked at both because, you know, it's the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. You know, I never really have trusted Kirk Cousins just as a Cowboy fan, watching him in Washington constantly blow primetime games. Mm-hmm. And then the same story here in Minnesota. Uh, but they're doing well. I think it's that they're they're playing concise, disciplined, uh, well-constructed, oriented football within the coaching schemes on both offense and defense. And they're really playing to their strengths. Um, and then when it comes to the Bills, you know, six and three, um, you know, six and three is a good record for a team. You know, it happens, you lose games, but the way in which they're losing is to shock to me. And that's the fact that Josh Allen is playing very risky, not really, you know, he's just turning the ball over and he's thinking he's going to get another drive to make another play, to make another touchdown. And, you know, it's the NFL. You're only limited so many drives, so many opportunities to score. You have to execute and he's not executing especially in the last three games. I would say that would be the biggest shock for me. That man really tries to force it in there. And, yeah. uh, you know, he has this legit receivers that can make the catch usually, but uh didn't work this time. And um, now people can really point at his elbow problems moving forward, especially now. And then um, arguably in that turnover, um, in the fourth quarter where he tr- literally tried to punch the ball out of Patrick Peterson's hand. And it looks like, uh, and he couldn't move for a few minutes. Winds up getting back in the game. So how much of an impact did that truly make? But um, now you really have to consider Josh Allen being hurt, really affecting the future of this team moving forward, especially now with the dolphins behind them, the jets who would have thought that was going to be a statement. And um, even though the uh, Pats are in last place, few wins in here and there, especially when they play their division, uh, they could be right in it as well. So um, the Bills, not as dominant as we thought earlier in the season. So I think um, that's something to point out. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, I was kind of surprised at the end, especially in overtime, the last pick that 
Allen had. Um, it was again, like Brian said, he, he seems to be forcing some stuff, and mm-hmm. we don't normally see that. That was like early Josh Allen when he was just trying to make the big play, and I was kind of shocked that at the last moment he was just like, "Oh, Gabe Davis is there, and I'm just going to try to throw it." I, I said if he threw it a little bit higher, like he might have been able to get the ball to sail and get there. And I don't know if he just tried to put extra zip on it because of his elbow or whatever. But I was just again, it was just a risky play. It wasn't you know trying to draw defense pass interference or anything. So I was kind of surprised there. And like I said, I mean, they're six and three. I, I don't think the sky is falling on Buffalo, but like yeah. Brian said too, just the way they're kind of losing, it's just, you know, not like them. Usually the defense keeps them in games. They don't, you know, turn over the ball as much. And then you have like a cost of fumble. I mean, when we were all in the group chat talking, I was just like, why didn't they take the safety there? The Giants did that. They, I mean, they almost lost that game when they did that. But I mean, mm-hmm. you just take the safety there and hope your defense, which is one of the top in the league, just handles it and holds off for the end of the game. So again, it was just kind of weird from this Buffalo Bills team um, that we all expected would dominate through the regular season. And right now they're hitting this kind of wall and I wasn't expecting that. Shows how the NFL is cruel and you really have to earn it. So I'll take actually the contrarian position here. I'm actually not shocked by either situation for both of these teams. And the reason being is because if you actually look at a, a majority of the Minnesota wins thus far this season, they've all been decided by one possession or less. And I think that there's always a team that stands out every year that just gets magical and gets lucky, but they're really not doing much of anything different that they haven't done in years past, particularly after they drafted Jefferson and the cohesion with this offense. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he still had two interceptions. He's still kind of getting in his way mm-hmm. 50 for the night. Um, so I don't think they're too, going too far astray from their, you know, typical identity, both on offense and defense. I think they're just winning magically close games and same thing goes with Buffalo. I think they're when, 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 when they're on the field and they're dominating teams, they're really dominating teams. And when they're not, they're in contentious in-division games. And I think right now the issue with them is that this is a long season. Um, Entropy is starting to kick in. You're having injuries in the secondary. Josh Allen now has the uh, – he's got the injury with um, that he's going to be nursing with, with the elbow. And I think that for both teams it's a matter of staying the course because I expected kind of where they would both be at this position in terms of how they're playing. But – Obviously, six and three is not where Buffalo wants to be. Minnesota, I kind of expected this. I, I want to be say that I'm first on this bandwagon, but um, I also recognize that this is kind of a magical, um, decide, you know, a magical kind of uh, run for them thus far. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from this game, I, I have two. Uh, the first one is that I will officially buy Viking stock after <laughs> shitting on them for episode after episode, saying that they were overrated. I got to eat that now, so I will I will take that pie. Uh, but also, I think it was Brian, maybe it was you who said this. I, I forget, but about the, the Josh Allen stat where he's like two and nine in one score games over the last two years. I mean, that, that's a staggering stat. I mean, there's there's really like, that's not like a small sample size, you know, over the course of 11 games, like you're losing like nine of them in one score game. So I think serious questions got to be asked about whether or not Josh Allen can actually play in tough games, which they're all going to be tough games in January. So I think that's something to keep an eye on going forward. I don't even think that it's like tough games. I think he honestly gets too excited to, at quarterback sometimes. He can't keep his composure. Like there's... There's like the Brett Favre in him. I got in trouble calling Pat Mahomes yeah. Brett Favre early in the season, but the, Josh Allen is Brett Favre. That is the same exact kind of quarterback, a two 
2.7 to 1 TD to interception, could throw the ball 70 yards, but could throw a, a missile right to a linebacker's chest. Um, he gets so excited in the middle of the game. Like he wants, he wants a close game. That's what Josh Allen wants. And he still, he wants the force the throws because he wants to be able to get that rush, get the momentum, feel like the star. So I feel like there's also some ego with him as well. I really don't think it's the injury. I think he gets so excited and tries to continuously push the moment and try to raise the bar more and more and say, I'm him. Mm hmm. And it's led to some ugly losses, and it's been a tough, uh, tough month for Buffalo. And um, if remind me, anyone off the top of the head who they play this week, or do they have a bye? Uh, they play the up. Browns. Yeah. <laughs> well, that will be headlines for various reasons. But um, yeah, if you're the Bills at this point, especially in the crucial divisional game between New England and the Jets, you need to win these games moving forward because they could easily get caught up to. And um, as we know, with um, especially now that we're in November, it, it close to end the, the end of November, um, if you want to show that you're the best team in the AFC, this is the time now, because uh, especially now with the Chiefs looking really good, you have legit competition coming in. So um, we'll ultimately see where Buffalo goes. I think the Vikings, as Desmond especially made in his take, can now be finally considered as a serious threat in the NFC. And um, as we go through the other games this week, we'll um, show why that's apparent. So, um, well, like I said, to be fair, everyone's going to get roasted. Right here, right now, with these next three games, except uh, two Giants fans here. And it could be fair. Please give the heat if uh, it happens uh, next week or the following. So, um, But that's why we have fun with this. So where do I start? Let's start the Raiders fan right here. <laughs> Simple as this. Your Las Vegas Raiders lost to a coach who had zero professional experience, as much experience as everyone in this chat, <laughs> which led to an emotional Derek Carr in the press conference and what clearly seems to be a lost season for the Vegas Raiders. The Colts win 25 to 20. Oh, man. Matt Ryan returns and somehow gets this win. Um, some other takeaways Jonathan Taylor comes back after, uh, I mean, he was almost forgotten. I mean, 147 yards on the rush. Paris Campbell out of nowhere has a big game. I mean, Vegas played fine. Devontae Adams finally played like Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. But um, ultimately, the Raiders' defense was too much for um, the Colts. And Alex, I get it. It's an easy target right now, and I don't know how much more you could add to the conversation, but there's some, there has to be something to add. When they hire a coach off of ESPN's analysis team to and leads them to victory, and um, heck, it could happen again to the Eagles next week, this upcoming week, and then, <laughs> and then we might have something here, but... Let's throw it to the floor once again to Alex's reaction to seeing his team embarrass themselves once again before anyone else has something to add. Alex, I don't know how the hell you were still a Vegas fan after this year. I mean, you said you were done watching them, but this was bad. This was bad. This game should not have been as close as it was. It should not have been as competitive as it was. And um, ultimately, um, Indy takes it. What do you got to say? 
Well, ultimately, I took it as in in the ass because this team is just such a disaster and an embarrassment. Um, the only reason I stopped watching them, you know, three, four weeks ago is because I'm not a masochist. I don't like hurting and being in pain. Um, <laughs> it's hard to fall any further when you're already on the floor. So um, I say full tank mode, and I'm surprised that Josh McDaniels hasn't warmed up the bus and uh, cleaned out his locker yet. That's all I got to say. Yeah, who else has that? Like, on the outside looking in, when you see this Vegas team that arguably arguably is the worst team in the NFL, you got some yep. couple wins. I know record-wise it's not the case, but how could a team with so much momentum in this division that they say this is going to be the best division in football, in the AFC West, and ultimately it's the NFC and AFC East that are taking that um, reign as the best division in the league? I yeah. mean, what's going on with t- with a team that has legitimate talent? Is it Josh McDaniels? Is it um I, yep. maybe Derek Carr isn't the one? Like, what's going uh, on? This is all coaching. If you look at, you know, you break down the tape and you watch these second half debacles, it's just not being ready to play coming coming into the you know coming out of the gate slow and and having you know these just bad like situational football decisions um it all boils on the coaching and i think that it's a real you know it's a real disservice to you know fans who have sat through so much horse shit since 2002 you know with the, back in the day when they lost to tampa in the super bowl like it, it's it's hard to rationalize and sell this you know, this bill of goods to this, this organization, you know, and their fans, because, um, you know, they put all their eggs in their basket for big Daniels and he just hasn't, he just hasn't come home to roost. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> I'll also say this, like if anyone watched, um, that, uh, Derek Carr in the post, uh, game uh, interview, like this man was emotional and upset and he made a comment, which I really like opened my eyes. There's people in that locker room that do not want to play that don't want to be there aren't vibing with the culture aren't even trying to get into the culture. And we could say it's coaching, it's coaching this, it's coaching that at the end of the day, your, 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 your men, NFL players, you could with a bad scheme still score and be productive. That's what you could do, but you have to buy into the system. Even though if you know it's bad for a season, you just stick, stick to it. You put your head down and you drive and you get through it and you can, you pull out some wins. Like, I don't even know if I could say blow this team up because there's nothing at this point to even like, there's no like trade assets like Derek Carr. You're not getting a top pick, even though he is a good player and he's serviceable. I just think he needs to be in the right scheme outside of Devontae Adams. All your star receivers and tight ends are hurt. That's no trade value. And your defense, we're going to get rid of Max Crosby. You you'll have no defense. So like, there's no, opportunity for this team to really get better besides drafting. So it's this is going to take a very long time for the Raiders yeah. to do it with personnel. The only way is coaching right now to try to get an upgrade. Well, and that, and that's the only reason I've, you know, I've, I've pointed to tanking and, 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 you know, making the, uh, the prognostication that this is a coaching issue, because like you said, like the, I feel like it's downstream of the players not wanting to be there is that, they don't believe in their coach. So when you lay down on your coach, I feel like it's, it's chicken or the egg, but that's how I see it in this circumstance. And you're right, Brian, I don't see the situation getting any better until the season's at least over because your best blue chip assets are, he- are not even healthy. And I think there actually is a tremendous amount of talent on this team. They're just not being led in the right direction. Yeah. I am. Um, 
I don't know. I don't think it's as disastrous as as the results are implying. I mean, six of your seven losses were by one score. So, I mean, the Raiders are in all of these games. And when I look at the, the outcomes of these games, you only have one game where you actually held a team underneath 20 points. And I, I heard talk today about like the defensive coordinator might be on the chopping block because they can't get rid of the coach because they already are still paying off John Gruden from that contract, like $100 million contract they're still paying out. So they might not have the money to bring in a new coach right now. So I think they're kind of stuck with McDaniels. I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, you're going to have, if, if the draft were to happen right now, the Raiders have the number two pick. I mean, if you bring in a quality kind of like pass rusher, or maybe a quality like DB, that might be enough. I don't think that this team is really unsalvageable. It seems like you might be a piece or two away if you're playing this many games that close. Maybe the results just make it look worse than it actually is. So they're basically the antithesis of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, what if you lost every one score game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as bad. I think I don't know if McDaniel's the guy at this point. We've seen what what happened before when everything fell apart when he was a head coach the first time. So I don't know if it's gonna magically work the second time. But I think I was right. You have to let the season go rock and go from there. Uh and maybe, you know, McDaniel finally finds something to get, you know, these guys going and, and you draft well. And I mean, the Raiders have not had a good draft record at all these last <laughs> ten years, as we mentioned last week. Um so, you know, maybe they can finally finally buy in. It's a tough season when you're losing. You know, there's there's tempers and all that stuff. Matt, you know, me and you being Giants fans, we know what happens when you go on long losing streaks. Everyone starts tuning out the coaches and you have to hit the reset button. Raiders mm-hmm. kind of stuck because they have to pay Gruden and all that stuff too. So maybe that's the same thing. Maybe at the end of the year, you're just like, you know what? This was a disaster, but it's time to start anew. Get everyone in the locker room. Just be like, you know what? Let's forget about this. Let's start brand new. Let's see what we can do. Like, there's so much talent offensively. We thought this team was going to be great offensively. And yeah. defensively, there's some pieces, but not all the way together. But it's just a mess right now. And I think you have to wait and see if the season. You can't do anything right now uh, and be rash about it. You got to see it. And maybe something happens. Interesting stat that I heard this morning, though, was really, really funny, Alex. And it was good with salt in the wounds. Uh, oh, boy. Right now, okay, just for everyone else, I heard this this morning on ESPN uh, on the radio, is that – the league owns a 107 passer rating versus the Raiders this season. For context, Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's all-time leader at 105.8. So everyone that plays the Raider right now, every quarterback that has played the Raiders right now is essentially like the best quarterback mm-hmm. in the league on the field, which is the greatest of all time <laughs> on the field playing the Raiders. Wow. You know what? I think that speaks to the defense though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know what? I'm going to say it, I'll say it right now. The Raiders win this week. That's my hot take. <laughs> Click that. Put it on YouTube shorts. The Raiders win this week. Oh, God. Oh, okay. No, but it is the truth that they really botched this defense. The Unique and Gakwe trade is now looking at it a mess. They've, yeah, like they've gotten rid of linebackers. Perryman is – they relied on Perryman a journeyman to have another great 100-tackle season. Like if you get a journeyman and he has a – crazy pro bowl season you sell him because he usually is not duplicating that that's just like common sense in the nfl flash in the pan like blake martinez you guys have mm-hmm. the giants yep it just happened so like they really botched the the analytics this year on the defense they haven't had a lockdown corner in 
you know, probably since Charles Woodson, to be honest. And I think that <laughs> you know, Rocky has seen like coming over from Indianapolis, he's underproduced and Nate Hobbs has been hurt. He was kind of their top quality corner of the past, uh, the, the first three, four weeks. Um, I, I think that this has kind of just been, you know, a constant turnstile of uh, guys. So maybe they can convert that blue chip number two pick um, for two quality corners out of the division. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. Well, all we know is that uh, the Raiders have one of the most embarrassing seasons in their entire history. And we'll see if they turn it around. And talking about turning things around, the Washington Commanders, they're the one who knocks down Philadelphia for their first loss on Monday night. So, Desmond, I'm sorry you are next in this one, but I still respect your fandom. You know, it's fine. You got to watch a World Series. You lost, but uh, you got a World Series to enjoy. Sixers seem fine. Uh, the Eagles, 8-1. Still really good, really good. But um, I don't know. We had a game that just seemed off for the Eagles offense, especially. Uh, Taylor Heineke looking legit. I mean, you know, no touchdowns, but um, he's putting the right people in the right places. A uh, solid running game and Robinson and Gibson together gives Washington as the one. And at five and five, they can at least have some hope to at least play meaningful games in December. So um, you'll take that any day of the week. But Desmond is panic button hit yet, especially with the Giants creeping up. Or um, Dallas, I mean, I know they had a heartbreaker roster, or you're next, Brian, but, you know, any given Sunday. But with the Eagles' loss to Washington, does that affect your morale for this team moving forward, or is it just, you know, teams losing the NFL? It's hard to go undefeated. That's why there's only one true undefeated season and whole, you know, two regular season undefeated teams. But it is what it is. How do you feel about uh, the loss? It's a division game. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. if we if in any given season, if we lose a game to Washington or the Giants or the Cowboys, it's not rare. You know, I mean, even if we're yeah. having a terrible season, we could also beat one of those teams when they're having a great season. It's just that's the NFC East. But honestly, I lay this. Oh, I just drop some. I lay this kind of at the feet of the defensive coordinator. Like the whole okay. time watching mm-hmm. that game yesterday, all I kept seeing was Washington just kept running it up the middle. It yeah. was just inside run after inside run after inside run. And then when they would drop back to pass, we never blitzed them. We were like, we're going to hope that our four down linemen somehow get there. Because that's what happened in the first game. And back in like week three, we had like nine stacks on um, on Wentz that game. But we couldn't get there. And instead of recognizing that and start dialing up some blitzes, he just never did that. And he also never dialed any like any run blitzes up for the fact that they just like running up the middle at us all game. There was no adjustment to what Washington was doing on offense. And I think it cost us the game because you look at the time of possession, for instance, they doubled us up. It was like 40 minutes to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So when the Eagles were on offense, we were able to go down the field pretty easily. I think Hertz had a great game. I think the offensive line had a great game. I think we should have run the ball more to kind of like keep our offense on the field, but some of those freak turnovers, I mean, like um, A.J. Brown getting the ball ripped out of his hand or Dallas Goddard getting crunched and fumbling or the Quez Watkins like dropping the ball miraculously. Like that's just that, those are just freak turnovers. I'm not worried about those. I mean, like that's not going to be happening every single game. I, I think this was just 
the Eagles coaching staff inability to switch up their game plan. Like once the commanders demonstrated that they could run on us at will and that that's got to change. Like, you know, I hope they don't get too like sucked up in their egos going forward being like, Oh, this is how we play defense. It's like, no, sometimes you got to adjust on the fly. And they didn't do that last night. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be quick it. on my yeah, bed. You, you, no, you go. I'm going to be quick on this one. I did predict this game and I called it last week and I said it. I said it. The kryptonite of the Philadelphia Eagles is the run defense. And we've seen that with Houston. And now we've seen that with the commanders. And boy, oh boy, are we going to see this happen now with the Titans eventually. And then and then they're going to play uh, Dallas. Do we? Did you guys play? You guys already played Chicago. Or you have another game. You got to play Chicago. No, we have to play. We have to play Chicago. We have to play the Titans. We have to play the Packers, the Giants twice. You know the yeah, uh, so, the Cowboys. It's just gonna yeah. If they don't fix this, we're gonna be we're gonna be hurting pretty soon. When the rookie for defensive tackle from Georgia got hurt, I knew this was going to happen because they've always been weak in run defense throughout the years, even with Fletcher Cox, because he's more of a pass rusher and, and Jason Hargraves. And to be honest with you, your offense is great in the past, and you could do or you run off of RPO so well with J- Jalen Hurts, but you guys aren't running the ball efficiently between the tackles at running back. And that's what's going to kill you because you guys can't extend the drives and have time of possession. It's like the reverse with Dallas, how Dallas could run the ball but can't pass. It's with you guys, you could pass, but you can't run. So you need to figure they definitely need to figure out some type of balance in this offense or teams that are mediocre but have good run, run running teams. Like you guys have the hardest running schedule left in the league, probably. It yeah. could get very bad very quickly if it isn't adjusted. Yeah, I gotta put a little little love on Washington's defense. They kept you guys at 94 yards total. And um every, you know, the the thing that was most impressive too was um just the, the time of uh possession dominance. Like that was insane. That blew that blew right off the page for me. Um I, I think it, I I wouldn't put too much stock, you know, in the loss because, you know, like Desmond said, you know, these division games they get they get squirrely. Um I don't think that at the end of the year the commanders are gonna be fine for any any particular spot. Uh, but you know, there, there's things to correct and, 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 in a heartbeat. So, um, you know, it's worth, it's worth keeping an eye on, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a good call by Brian. I, I did not see that as the first loss for the year. <laughs> hey, yeah. random, um, um, Alex, before you add your point, just, um, random yes. juju point, Desmond, would you be happy to have your Eagles lose one more game because of the, uh, they say the one loss curse uh, with the exception of the 85 Chicago bears. There have been plenty of teams. Oh, well, sorry, not plenty, but few teams that have gone. Well, I guess this in this instance to be 16 and one um, and have lost, had terrible losses. Peyton Manning and the Colts have gone 15 and one to lose to Brady in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had uh, Cam Newton and that Panthers team with Ron Rivera go 15 and one lose to the Broncos. Does that matter to you at all? For Juju's sake, or do you not care? You know, looking at the rest of the schedule, I if just like looking through the games, I'm thinking that the Eagles probably get to like either 13 or 14 wins. I, I see a few losses on the schedule just in general. I don't I don't think they run the table from here on out. So I think it'll end up not really mattering, to be honest with you. I think we're probably gonna split with the Giants, and I think we're either gonna lose the Cowboys or or maybe the Titans, actually. Awesome, awesome. Alex, your point before we move on? 
Yeah, no, uh, I think before when we made the rap fight, I said I think the commanders could could yeah, cover the spread because I thought the spread was a little crazy for this game. Yeah, um, ten and a half. I thought the Eagles were going to win this, but I thought you know the the commanders had a chance. Uh, I was just impressed, like I said, with Heineke's poise, but also I was surprised with the Eagles. Like, like you know, Desmond was saying, like there wasn't any pressure, and then there was times where and, and Terry McLaurin, like for my fantasy, I was like, this is the game I needed from you, buddy. But like, <laughs> there was slants he was going, and like Heineke was just like. That's an open spot, and just like boom, just picking apart like this team with with McLaurin, and I'm like, when are the Eagles going to adjust to get this guy off the field? Like he's just being like, all right, you're going to give me five yards here, sure. You're going to be like, it was just very uncharacteristic. Like I was going to the game, I'm like, Heineke's going to get lit up all game, and for some reason, I don't know if they just went into that game just not expecting the Commanders to do well, but they have offensive weapons, and we all saw what Scary Terry can do, and and, you know, they walked away with the win there. And it was just surprising to me. Uh, you know, I know people were complaining about the, the the calls, some of the calls during the game. But the commander just came in and they showed, like, we can, we can win on any given week. Like, they've lost some tough games. They're a tough team. I, I'm not like, oh, the commander's one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're a tough team. Uh, and they proved that. So, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised with that. And just the Heineke fake slide, like, drawing that, roughing the passer at the end, I was like, that's such a smart move. And not a lot of people do that. But... Uh, that was just something I, I was like, yeah, I'm surprised that a lot of people try to do that fake kind of slide draw the rougher the passer. But I think he did it. Real, real, real quick interjection before we move off this this topic. But I think that there that will probably like the next frontier for like the offseason adjustments from the league in terms of if you're going to give yourself up as the quarterback, I think you should be able, have to immediately kneel down. I don't think you can like divert attention and like run around even if it was just a few steps i think that is like kind of an issue that the league might want to look at because especially particularly if it becomes a recurring problem Mm -hmm. all right next up brian mckeon you know there's something to um to to pay attention to aaron Rodgers, despite his underachieving season i guess there's two things you can rely on the fact that he can beat the Bears and that he can beat the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers ends his five-game losing streak with the Packers. They defeat the Cowboys. At one point in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys were up four, by 14 points, and they still blow it. Some questionable calls by McCarthy at the end, especially going for it on fourth down when you could have kicked a long field goal after that mishap i knew that the packers were gonna win i knew i was gonna win my parlay and um all i knew know now is again that the nfc east is wide open because of an embarrassing loss to your cow embarrassing loss for your cowboys dude what is going on zeke didn't play and people had questions regarding that as well is mike mccarthy asking to get fired so you could just have sean payton come in you know, so there's three things guaranteed in life, depth taxes and Aaron Rodgers being Dallas. Um, it comes down to at the end of the day, um, a lot of bad luck. You know, it's very, you know, we all mm-hmm. knew that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to lose five straight and go into losing six straight. So yeah. there's timing on that. I knew, I, I, as I said last week, Packers were going to be Dallas. They always have their number. It was too, it was a trap game. And I have no faith in this team, as I consistently say, because they are known always throughout the history of mankind as a offensive powerhouse for stats. But at the end of the day, 
They don't convert on third downs. Their quarterback makes stupid decisions, can't actually play the position to to the amount of money he's paid to play play. You know, he's played paid to be a top five quarterback and he plays like a bottom twenty. Even now after his injury coming back, we're consistently seeing it. Yeah, he had two hundred and sixty five yards passing and three TDs, but he has two interceptions and he does not look he doesn't look the same as the younger Dak did in his rookie contract. Uh, the running game was good, but, you know, the defense, like I said, the line bar, the linebackers could not fill and let Aaron Jones run all over the field. Christian Watson, a no-name rookie, decided to have a four-catch, three-TV Randy Moss kind of game. And, you know, McCarthy at the end of the day, I'm not even mad about the fourth down call, but because to be honest with you, a field goal means nothing when, when you're at that point against Green Bay as a Cowboy fan because they've done it so many times and they've lost because Aaron Rodgers just drives down the field and Dinkin dinks and dunks, gets those yards, scores a touchdown or a field goal anyway. So sometimes you just got to try to win, and I get that. Um, I think it falls more on the offensive coordinator, on Kellen Moore, year after year, going back even with Scott Linehan in 2014. Dallas has been hindered by the offensive coordinator with all this ta- talent around. And I think it's really time that to, to press on finding a true uh, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur kind of guy um, at the OC position or higher up. Man, this guy, uh, Kellen Moore, had uh, the idea that he was going to be the next great NFL coach. And now uh, he's not even looking like a solid coordinator. No, not working. I don't know about that. I mean, could we be fair for a second? Since Dak came back, the Cowboys have scored what? They've scored 24 points, 49 points, and 31 points. I mean, how much more do you want them to score? I mean, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's all rushing. That's all rushing, though. That's all rushing. That's five touchdowns by Tony Pollard in those in those three games. Like, right, it's but at all the end running. of the day, the, the point of the offense is to score touchdowns, right? And your offense is scoring touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, but my yeah, but your quarterback's paid to be top five. He has to be able to get the third when the running game game gets stopped on you know at, at, on the second down. It's third and five, and you're not converting. That's your quarter. That's the quarterback money time. Third and third and medium, third and eight, third and seven. I've seen Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers do my entire life. Scoring means nothing in this league anymore because everyone scores. It's about efficiency. Well, except for the Broncos. And, yeah, well, well that's the Giants last story. season. Yeah, everyone scores this season. Everyone has a good but bad defense. It's all about just running out the clock. That's always it's been. You know, Tony Romo was efficiency in third down conversions and then running the ball in that offense and running the clock. In those years from 2014 to 2016 and, you know, 2012 to 2016, they had they led the league almost every year in time of possession. And they won 12 games here and there, 13 games. This team just is... I, they need to stick to the way they've done it. That's what I, I, I they, you have to do. I don't know, man. I'm looking at a Dallas defense that gave up 200 yards rushing to the Packers who've been struggling to run the ball the last few weeks. I mean, just personally, not as a Cowboys fan, I'm looking at the defense and being like, hey, you just got blitzed on the ground by Chicago the week before, and now you're facing an also like mediocre run team, and then they get 200 yards on you as well. I mean, at a certain point, if you think your offense is kind of struggling a little bit, the defense needs to step up. Those guys get paid, too, and they didn't show up this week. I mean, the Packers have been a struggling offensive team. And like you said, Christian Watson, this rookie who hasn't really shown up at all this year, torched them. 
torch them mm-hmm. on a team that has Stefan has uh I'm sorry has Diggs in the in the backfield there. I'm just wondering like how were these guys getting so wide open? Why was Aaron Rodgers able to like basically take an offense that's been struggling all year and just basically like run up and down the field all over your defense? I mean, I would give Dak a break this week. But that's just you know that's just my feelings on it. Yeah, I was gonna say I agree with that. I, I, I'm kind of confused on where this Cowboys defense been uh, these at least these last few weeks. It, it seems like such a stark change from what we saw earlier in the year, where they were just giving teams problems. I mean, being in the stands of the Giants game and seeing you know Demarcus Lawrence just wreak havoc on the rookie, you know, on Neil like it was nothing and ragdolling everyone and Parsons doing that. And now these last few weeks, I'm seeing them like. Where's Parsons? Where's you know like where where are these these guys coming in and just beating up teams because Dak can put up points, but the defense you know we thought okay once Dak's back the defense is going to hold him game and then they're going to fire on all cylinders and for some reason these last weeks are just getting gashed in the running game so I'm just kind of confused on where they are and I think they really need at least this week especially after the last two weeks really need to see like what they have to do and make adjustments here because. Early on in the season, everything was working defensively. Their defense was winning them games. And now lately, it looks like it's the other way around. It's, it's Their defense is losing them some games here. And uh, so I think they really need to figure out what's going on there and uh, make some adjustments. I'll yeah, make this cop. Taylor, two halves. And I think this was just like a very like sloppy, undisciplined game. It felt like a lot of you know bad juju with just Aaron Rodgers being at home because they had nine penalties for 83 yards. So I think that definitely hindered them a lot, too. I'll make one last comment. These, you know, the offense always gets affected by the defense. The defense always gets affected by the offense. The defense has a lot of troubles with injuries right now, just at the at the cornerback position. I've noticed, but what I noticed in the in these last three games of having Dak back, yes, you get the X X factor, a better passer, a more explosive offense. But as a result of trying to have more explosive plays, the negative is that when they don't work, you have quick drives. And as a result of constantly having quick drives, your defense gets tired. If you look back in the first five games, it was more of a simplified offense that was more balanced and they ran the clock more. Cooper Rush did short yardage throws, intermediate routes that extended drives just because of his his limitations. Now you have a quarterback that could just throw 50 yards down the field and hit CeeDee Lamb. The plays are going quicker. They're not having these drive extensions, and you're, the defense is on the field more. So there's a give and take to every kind of situation. Well, I want to say it's my final point here. It will be very interesting to watch the Cowboys go to Minnesota this week. That's my game of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait. same. It's very hard. Hell yeah. Now let's talk about some winners. The New York Giants come back after their bye, and they defeat the Houston Texans. Not now I get it. <laughs> I get it. That game was actually pretty ugly in all seriousness, especially in the first half. But, um, you know, they they ran on a team that cannot stop the run, and Saquon had a very big game. Even if this game was about gaining your morale, you played Detroit, which won't be – which I, I, I feel that they can win. It may not even be that easy, especially with the momentum coming in um, after their win against Chicago. But then the se- then then the schedule gets legitimately tough. So get as much wins as you can, and this was important to pull that off. Even with Daniel Jones, even though it was two touchdowns, it's a par game. Besides that, Saquon Barkley clearly carried the team on his back. I'll throw it to Alex on that. Um, 
say there was no Saquon, say he got hurt or he had to rely on Matt Breida, this wouldn't have been a, a good game. And arguably, especially in the first half, if they were playing a much better team, this Giants team would be down. Uh, do you have any worry, even though with this win, about this Giants team at all, especially when the um, season turns up, especially where you have two games against the Eagles, you got another game against Dallas, you're playing Minnesota again. Um, I think the Giants do have... Um, Listen, put it to you this way. If they can, if they get to the division, if they get to the postseason, they're really going to have to earn it. But um, I don't think it's impossible to, but um, it won't be easy. How do you see it? Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, that game was sloppy uh, at times. Um, Do I love that we handed the ball off to Saquon Barkley 35 times and hope for the best? No. Mm -hmm. Um, He came up clutch. He's been unbelievable this year, but 35 rushes in a game, uh, is a little jarring for someone with his injury history. Um, and I don't want him to get fatigued down the stretch here, right. um, especially with the schedule. But they're doing everything that we've loved seeing them from the early half of this year, right? Is that they're just not turning the ball over. They're making the key plays when they need to. You know, Daniel's not, you know, fumbling the ball or forcing anything like he did in years past. He's mm-hmm. just making the plays that are necessary. Same with Saquon. I mean, we got advantages from this Texas defense that just missed some tackles. Like Slayton's touchdown run was just that he should have been stopped right there. He slipped off that, took that to the house. You know, uh, there's some moments there were some lapses, but they're just winning the games they need to win, and they're doing it in their way, which is a positive thing. Um, you know, and I think going forward, the only thing that I'm, I'm nervous about because we saw that with Seattle because they figured out if you stop Saquon, you could kind of slow this offense down. And I yeah. think that's the thing going forward that I'm most nervous about, right? When you play a team like the Cowboys, where you play a team like the Eagles, um, who I know have had their rush defense issues lately, but if they know their game plan to stop, you know, Saquon and leave the ball to Daniel, then that's sometimes where I get nervous because I was great as Daniel's been this year is we haven't seen him really have that game where he goes for 320 yards, three touchdowns, yep. no picks, whatever. He's had his 200 yards here, his 100 yards rushing here, and that's been awesome. But he hasn't been taking over games, right? It's really been like, say, on the heels of Saquon, he puts the team on his back, and then Daniel just gets the ball where it needs to get to to get this offense moving. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to take the win, obviously. And, you know, I think this team can win these games, the next few games in the schedule here and clinch a playoff spot. But, you know, like I said, the thing, thing about the takeaway I have this this game going forward is like, like you said, what if we don't have Saquon? What's going to happen there? And God forbid something happens to him or if the defense draws in on him and they slow him down, where does this Giants team go? Because let me tell you, Slade's been great. Wandell's had his moments. Galladay needs to sit on the bench for the rest of his life because yeah. he's been <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, that game Sunday, I love that they cut to a fan, like a kid. He was maybe like 12 or 13, and he just screamed, do something. And the booth was like, that kid is exactly right. Because he had a catch on like third and six that it hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it again. And it's a companion, $18 million, man. We will look. You get a standing ovation if you make a catch in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Do something, and maybe maybe this week if he gets even a rep against the Lions, his old team, maybe he gets ten catches for 150 yards, and we paid the money to see what we got as a revenge game. But if that's the thing, like right now, is that I'm nervous. Like I said, in totality, if Saquon's out of this offense, what's the Giants going to do going forward? But overall, 
We're, no one expected this from this team. I'm going to keep it going. They have a winnable game this week. They need to win this game. I think if they walk away, and all the people said if they beat the Texans, they're, they have, they're locked for the playoffs. I don't think that's the case. I think it's this Sunday. Get that win. And I think you could start seeing the, the, that the Giants can make it away a uh, path into the postseason. Yeah. And as you said, pretty much uh, through the uh, in between the lines, Giants don't have uh, much of a wide receiver game whatsoever. I mean, they're fine for now, but now we're going to play some legit defense with some great defensive backs. And this will be either. Um, wow. Maybe these these weapons can make these moves or. um yeah, this is the whole card reality that uh, we don't have much options, especially when your highest paid receiver makes these awful, awful drops. <sighs> oh, boy. But that's why we still love them. It's going to be an interesting uh, thing to look ahead to uh, Detroit. And um, that's what we have to say with Big Blue coming into it. So I want to just transition to the Bucks and Seahawks on this one, right? Oh, I didn't get a chance to speak on the on the Giants at all. Oh, all right, all right. Oh, okay, if you got something, you got you. What you got? What you got, Desmond? To add? Um, the rest of your schedule's brutal, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it really is. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I um, I, I said this earlier in the season, but I, I think it still reigns true. I think the Giants are like it's still a year or two away from being like a legit like championship level team. They're the Tennessee Titans of the NFC. You know, they have. Mm-hmm. A quarterback who have, uh, the quarterback they have a coach that everyone believes in in the locker room they have a great running game good offensive line great defense they have a suspect quarterback and no receivers you know so it's like you're going to get to the playoffs with this team probably but unless you're facing the nfc south champion in that wild card weekend you're probably going to lose in the wild card weekend but that's still a massive improvement over where you were a mm-hmm. year ago so i mean i think it's just something that you build on for the next couple of seasons but the the Giants got some great pieces to build in, but I think you got to have to have a little bit of reality of setting in that Daniel Jones is what's keeping this team from taking that next step, and you got to replace him. Yeah, and if we move forward and get these wins, especially if you make a postseason berth, you go deeper in the first round. And will these C.J. Strouds or Bryce Youngs be available in the later rounds? And if we want to uh, go, f- if we want to see Joe Shane draft him regardless, and um, I'll ask da- um, Alex for this one before we move on. Um, say the season ends tomorrow for whatever reason. We're playing in the 70s where it wasn't a lot of games. Um but um, would you extend Daniel Jones as of today or draft a quarterback late in the first round? Uh, for me right now, uh, I'm leaning more towards to giving Daniel a, a short extension uh, mm-hmm. just because how the season's going. I don't think there's really anyone in the second, like the backhand of the first round quarterback wise that's really going to blow me away that I want to draft him, uh, draft and, and, and reset. I think Daniel's done enough to deserve a contract, but I'm not giving him $40 million a year. Like, that's not <laughs> happening. I'll give him, you know, I think as a Giants fan, I think all of us would be comfortable like a two, three-year thing, see maybe what he has. If it's not an ast- uh, astronomical salary cap price or whatever the case might be, like, yeah, let's rock with him and for the next few years. And if we, if we you know, suck, then – Okay, well, that's the year we take our quarterback. But this is the year where we're doing well, and I know this is quarterback class is impressive, but I don't think you know Shane's gonna you know fly up the draft board to get a Stroud or Young or anything like that. And like I said, 
I don't think there might be anyone available quarterback wise that could be better than Daniel right now to replace him. I don't know. I'll toss it to Alex too. But right now I'm leaning more towards keeping Daniel and seeing where it goes from here on a short term deal. So for me, like I, I guess my only rebuttal would be like we've already kind of established here in this in this this topic that you know um Brian Dable is the star of the show in New York, particularly like now that they're kind of bereft of talent. They're they're working through the you know some of their scheme offensively. But if 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 that's the case, you know I I would just try to put all my eggs into that basket and let him kind of have the keys to the car. So even if he finds a guy that's more of a managerial quarterback at the end of the first round, I would happily have him make that decision opposed to having um you know, giving, giving a short extension to Daniel Jones, because I think it's more important to ingratiate with the coach and have his guy in there as soon as possible. That's all. Sweet. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of points to be made there too. Right. You know, Daniel Jones wasn't those, those two guys, uh, Shane or Dable. And if they want to get their own guy, I'm not going to be against it. I'm leaning more to keeping Daniel than drafting a new quarterback and then kind of starting over a, a, again um, with all this positive. I think you can, there's more peace, more holes than we need. But like I said, I'm open to it. But right now, we need more keeping the Daniel. But we'll have to see. We have to see what Dable and Shane are doing. I think we trust them, Matt, as Giants fans right now. They've exceeded expectations for us in year one. By and, far. And I think, you know, we have to see what goes on with them going forward. Yeah. So, do you know Tom Brady, since his divorce, is undefeated? 2-0 oh, since, uh, since the announcement of his divorce. It's 2-0. If you win the Super Bowl, then that's something, all right? But 2-0. Come on. Hey, man. they. Um, I think they're getting more comfortable to at least win in uh, the NFL's weakest division in the South. Uh, they go out to Munich. They win in Germany. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, the, the Bucks beat a legitimate Seahawks team. And, um, you know, Gino Smith still goes ham. But um, the difference is that uh, he was also the leading rusher. Kenneth Walker didn't have a good game. Um, we finally have, for those who picked up Rashad White, finally having a breakout game. I think clearly in this game that shows he should be the leading rusher. Reckon I know it's just one game, but um, if but with um, how underperforming Leonard Fournette has been and uh, the Bucks try to figure out that even if they are going to be in the playoffs by default, how are we going to attack moving forward? And Rashad Wright having him on that squad is legit. Um, yep. And I guess one thing to ask in this sense with the Seahawks losing to the Bucks, is this an underrated Seahawks loss? Like, um, Six and four. I know they talk about exceeding expectations. They have extremely exceeded expectations, if not the most out of anyone really expected. Like, who would have thought the Seahawks team starting a who was thought to be a washed up Geno Smith as a serious playoff contender now losing here against Tampa? Does that derail anything for them moving forward? So the way I think about it is, you know, they're ahead of schedule. They shouldn't be at six and four right now. But also Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay is just that weird team that like just kills momentum. Like they just kill the vibe of every team they play. Dallas had a hot offseason like hype and they went into the first game and they cracked them. And then as the season went on, everyone was like, you lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like that's a bad loss on (laughs) Dallas's uh, name right there. And then same thing with Seattle. Like, you know, they beat up Tampa. 
Um, you know, they should have beat up Tampa, but I think it just comes down to the end of the day that um, Tom Brady will always be Tom Brady and be efficient. And when given the right situation and the right formula, which we saw this weekend, heavy run and play action, um, he succeeds. And, you know, it's very hard to go against a man that doesn't really make that many mistakes. Uh, um, they're lucky to be in this game close, but down five only because of the Leonard Fournette interception. It would probably be another seven. Mm-hmm. It would have been 28 to 16. So, you know, Seattle, they're good. I think they're going to be fine. You're going to have your hiccup game. They got the run stopped. It, it is what it is. But I think for Tampa Bay, what it really comes down to, which I've noticed now in these wins, the season will ride and die on how they use Julio Jones. Mm. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that name either. The health and the explosiveness and the clutch factor of Julio Jones. The man is now slowly finding his position in this offense, and he is becoming the Gronk kind of guy, that Brady safety blanket I've noticed, where his back's against the wall, and where's a 17-yard throw over the middle? Julio Jones out of nowhere. Where isn't expecting this as the fourth receiver, uh, third, fourth receiver. And I think that is, I want to continue. I think he's going to start breaking out more and more and seeing old Julio as he's getting healthier and healthier from that previous injury. And, you know, he's in single coverage for the first time in his entire career. If he, okay. if he has, you know, he, I, ha- I have a feeling. I don't know why it's my, my gut right now. No, nah, I mean, I think it's a good choice. I mean, I also like Kate Otten, too. Uh, I, I just seen mm. him uh, recently with, with Brady. Yeah. I think I think he's finding him as, as a guy, too. But, yeah, I, I think Julio m- might have been exerting himself early on uh, just because he's, try- he's trying to show that he was the old Julio. Uh, but I think if he figures out, like you said, Brian, his role on this team and he knows, okay, Brady's going to look to me on some of these things. I just got to be, you know, clutch me at – I could see him turn his, this helping this team turn around. I mean, uh, this is an interesting game. I wasn't expecting the Bucks to do that well, um, but again, that was like an electric place. That stadium was awesome. They're singing. They did karaoke. Like I can't remember what quarter it was, but they all started singing "Country Roads." And yeah. I was like, "This is awesome." Why is there not more games in Munich? I think there's going to be more games in Germany going forward. I mean, that place was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool to see that there, and I think the Bucks just rode high on that. And like Brian said, they're momentum breakers, right? And 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 things were working out for them, and they sealed up uh, Walker, and, and Seattle had a tough time just trying to make chunk plays because Walker was that guy for them. You'd get those runs for them, and then they'd work everything off that, and the Bucks sold that, and they got stuck. So, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting game for both teams, um, and we'll see what the Bucks do. I mean, that division is so weak. I have them penciled in now. I, I think they won the division uh, yeah. with that win on Sunday already for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I think um, when it comes to these – NFL Europe games, which we found out that they're going to be going back to Germany for like, I guess they said either the next two or four years. I forget. It was one of the two. And they're also looking at doing games now in Spain and France as well. So I think this is going to be a continuation as, you know, Goodell said earlier this year that looking to have like um, four teams possibly over in Europe as NFL teams for an NFL Europe division, basically. But getting beyond that a little bit, I'm going to be the guy who's, you know, the Montana guy here. I also about the, the team out West here in Seattle. I believe the Seattle Seahawks will win the NFC West, not the 49ers, the Seahawks. I think they are the best team in that division. They will win that division. And I got to give them a little bit of slack here. You know, I said earlier this year about how the West Coast teams that come East, like almost always lose. You had Seattle going to Munich 
That's like a nine hour body clock difference. Yeah. I actually thought for that one reason that they would lose this game, even though I think that they were the better team overall. So, I mean, it's nice to see Brady, the Bucks offense clicking a little bit better. It's good for my fantasy team. I have Rashad White. Uh, shout out to him. And I have Chris Godwin on my team. So this is good things for me. Uh, but overall, I think the Seahawks are going to be just fine. No offense, Alex, but they play the Raiders when they come off the bye. So that's good for them. <laughs> and they play the, the Rams and the Panthers after that. So I think they're going to be just fine. So Desmond literally just took every single point. I was just going to uh, throw at you guys because I thought that <laughs> underrated factor in this was the travel because it is so it's basically like traveling you know three four entire countries like nine hours of travel right there and you know again they have a bye week next week i'm not even going to talk about it um they're playing the Rams, who are down they suck right now and um panthers are rebuilding as well so i think it's gonna um where the rubber meets the road with the seattle team i i'm really looking forward to that week 15 matchup with san francisco i think it's going to be must mm. sunday night football so mm-hmm. thursday right. night thursday night so Moving on to another Florida team. The Dolphins defeat the Browns. Let's just say Tua can play in this league, especially when healthy. Um, Mike McDaniel shows that he's an offensive genius. Jacoby Brissett shows that uh, that's not working for him in Cleveland. And now as we approach week 11, this is the week that Sean Watson returns. The team is 3-6. and six. Or three games back in their division. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to. Um, he's not coming back this week. He's not like. No, he just he comes back for the Texans game. I think it's like in two weeks from he now. Get, I think he returned to practice this week. I okay, think that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Then um. Yeah, he comes back week thirteen. Week thirteen. Okay, so he's allowed to come back to the facility this week, but not actually play. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a Browns decision waiting for the Texans game, or um, I might just completely uh, miss that. So, Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson comes back for when the Browns, I think, uh, go to Houston. I think it's in week 13. That's when he'll be eligible to come back. Yeah, it's I'm reading just an article on NFL.com. He can return to the facility. He's clear to practice on Monday, and then as long as he meets all the conditions of the agreement, he'll make his debut. Uh, on December fourth against Houston. Oh, excuse me. Well, um, I missed. I I, uh, I thought this was the week he was returning, so that uh, breaks my point. Anyways, Browns stink. <laughs> Dolphins are good. Um, that's all I have to say. And um, are the Dolphins, especially with the Bills' woes, can they finally take over the AFC East that not a lot of people expected? Yes. Yes. Yes, they absolutely can. This Miami offense is beyond for real. Uh, I was fortunate enough to pick up uh, Wilson Jr. in fantasy this week off of waivers. So that was a great move for me. Um, and picking up all honestly, that, that, that was that was the one weakness of this Miami offense was their running game. I mean, they weren't getting anything from Chase Edmonds earlier in the year, which mm-hmm. I had to drop him because he wasn't doing anything for Same. me. Yeah, but you know, looking at the, coming into this year, my question for Tua was, are you a good enough quarterback to be to be on a team that has like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill? And obviously the answer is yes. I think right now the Dolphins are the best team in this division. 
and they've already beaten the Bills once. I'm looking forward to their rematch up in New York in a couple of weeks here. But I say edge Dolphins on this division right now. They look like the more complete team right now and with yeah. Josh Allen struggling in these close games. Especially, don't forget the additions they made on defense in, um, in the oh, midseason as well. Yep. So how about that for Miami? Been waiting a long time. They haven't won since the 70s, um, a Super Bowl. And oh, Meg McDaniel, <laughs> I mean, I know he's a goofy guy, but this guy really has amazing football IQ. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, I think the undercurrent of this uh, entire story was that um, how – I, I thought I thought how great Miami's defense was in this particular game. I thought that was kind of one of the weaker links of this uh, this this roster. But um, they showed up. They kept you know Nick Chubb to under seventy yards. I mean, it was it was really incredible. You know, shutting him down and you know immediately making Brissett and that that offense one dimensional. Um, I I've, I was heavily impressed with uh, with Tua, and I think that they have the slight edge right now considering the health with Buffalo and their concerns, um, staying healthy. And I think that you know McDaniel really has to be towards the top of the coach of the year candidate as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, just, just one thing, just, I saw another stat with, uh, with Dan Orlovsky. Uh, I'm just bringing all the stats today with uh two on the field. Miami, Miami is averaging almost seven yards of play. Most yards of play in a season I can run through, but the 2007, uh, 2000 Rams had seven yards, 2018 chiefs at 6.8. There's a couple other great offenses. Every one of those players on that offense won MVP other than Drew Brees in 2011. He was a runner-up for that. So Falk, Mahomes, Manning, Matt uh, Matt Ryan, and Kurt Warner, all in these top offenses, all won MVP. So you got to put some respect on to his name. He is averaging things on offense that every of these players did to win MVP. So You know who? who... What's crazy is Tua hit eight different receivers this game, too. Yeah. 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 And a mush brain, and a mush brain from concussions. You know, I mean, what it looks like right now, besides the game in Buffalo, they're going to be favored to win every one of these games for the rest of their season, and they are undefeated this season in games where Tua well finishes the game. You know who was the original person who said Tua would be good in the NFL, and no one took him seriously? Is Big Mike Francesa, <laughs> and um, I know he's had a lot of bad takes. Bad, bad takes. Just you can say his name correctly back then, or whatever, whatever that draft was. I mean, he Mad just Dog had it, a tough time with Saquon the other day. So he would just be like, "Oh, the kid from uh, Bam right there." That's how he gets away from it. That's how he says Giannis, the kid from, uh, from Greece. Greece. <laughs> Literally, that's all you have to do. Just say the kid. I want to hold. I want to hold everybody's feet to the fire for two seconds. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we rewind back to that draft, are we still taking Herbert over Tua? Are we going to overreact there? Ooh. No, not at all. You can't. Okay, I would. It- I would. Yeah. I would take Herbert over Tua. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah. I think I, I think I would. I would take Herbert over Tua. But I. I think Herbert's Tua. just injured this year. I still love his yeah. game. Yeah, no, I no, think no, the no, ribs thing really messed him up. Yeah. You couldn't project this to occur. You couldn't. This is, you know, there is a ceiling for everyone pre-draft and Tua has crashed through that completely. Let's also say that it helps when you have Tyreek Hill on your team. He's kind of, he's a cheat code, right? He's like, he's like the guy in Madden who you're like, that can't happen in real life, but he's that in real life. You have two receivers on that team that both, like you can argue that they both deserve double coverage in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They're both, and insane. then just 
look at the running back room. They have a Jeff Wilson will get a contract yep. now as a starting running back mm-hmm. after proving it the last two seasons. And Raheem Mostert, it's not like he's a bad running back. He's no, put yep. up a hundred yards yep. multiple games this year. Yep. And to be honest with you, having them two together now is the best thing for this offense because Raheem is injury prone and having him now with fresh legs, eight for 65 in the touchdown, they're going to both have a touchdown every yep. game. Every every other game now this season because it's just yeah. there's too many options. I actually yeah. like they're going to start fighting over who gets the ball more. Yeah, I got one final point on the Browns actually uh, before we uh, move on. Uh, I have the Browns upsetting the Bills this week as my uh, upset. It's going to snow up to seven feet in Buffalo. <laughs> that is a recipe for a game based on who has a better running team, and the Bills do not run the football. Browns over Bills this week. That really is a solid take on that one. Um, And that's a good transition with the 49ers and the Chargers. If the Chargers stay frustrating, the 49ers, especially in the second half, stay impressed. (laughs) That was a funny sneeze. Um, (laughs) Jimmy G, even though he doesn't get a touchdown in this game, still plays that perfect just put people in the right position and just kick it in. And then it doesn't hurt to have McCaffrey on your, on your team, especially when healthy. But um, with the 49ers getting another win and uh, Desmond, you took the bold take in that Seattle would be the one to uh, overtake them to win the division. Yep. Um, I want you to elaborate more on the 49ers specifically on why you don't why you think that could be the case, even though they um, have played some pretty good games so far, especially when CMC has joined the squad. At the end of the day, your record's still your record. I mean, they have a they have a prolific amount of talent on this team, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like they consistently just find ways to lose games that they shouldn't lose, and. and it's kind of inexplicable when you really think about it, but I think it really comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he's an okay quarterback, but he can't win you the game. Yeah. Like, and when you have that limitation as your quarterback, and I think this is also true for teams like Tennessee and teams like the giants, for instance, like when you have a quarterback who can't overcome teams who are scheming against you to stop you, then I think you're always going to be limited to just hoping that your run game can be established and that's not something that you can count on every week. You have to have quarterbacks going to have to win you some games. I don't think Jimmy can win you some games. I think Geno Smith is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it will make the difference going down the stretch when we look at how the Seahawks finish the season, how the 49ers finish the season. I think yeah. the 49ers lose this Monday when they have to go to Mexico City and play at that elevation and they have to chase Kyler Murray around the field all for for an entire game. So I, I just I see the 49ers having too many good teams up on, the, on their schedule too, having to face the Buccaneers, facing the Dolphins, facing, like I said, the Cardinals in Mexico City. I think they lose all three of those games. All right. I mean, to really just show you, Desmond, that it's true. You can't win in the NFL unless you have a legitimate quarterback. And um, if um, and the good chance that your takes become a reality, especially for the other teams you mentioned who have questions at quarterback, um, it shows one of the uh, most frustrating things it must be for a San Fran team that really has everything working for them and it's just the quarterback holding them back. And maybe, you know, Having said that, also in that game against Kansas City, known as the Super Bowl, that they were leading in the fourth quarter, in the middle of the fourth quarter, and um, 
you know, if Greg Kittle just makes that play to Jimmy D throws, that may be an exception to the rule. But again, a perf, a really good quarterback would make it just a tad bit easier, right? So I'm not as down on San Francisco, you know, in the final assessment as Desmond per se. I think I still think that they ultimately pull ahead and win this division by the end of the year. And the reason being is because this is the most like complimentary um, three, you know, three pronged uh, roster in this division. I think that they the defense doesn't get enough love, uh, particularly when, you know, they 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 forced three sacks on the Chargers. They kept them to 51 rushing yards. I know that Eckler's kind of been on and off and been cold this year waiting for his contract. But I thought mm-hmm. that they played a stellar style of defense. And I think that Jimmy is just doing what is allowed and 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 required of him because we, we talk about the zero touchdowns, but we talk about we didn't talk about the zero picks. So I think that as long as he's staying out of his own way, he can afford to be a game manager as long as they kind of stay the course and um, continue to dial things up on this offense. I think it's really going to boil down to what uh, Shanahan has in his pocket because he's kind of the golden boy right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree completely. I just want to make one comment on the charges. Do you think it's time to blow them up? I don't know, but like, I'm the really coach, not definitely. seeing. I think the coach might need to go. Keenan Allen's old, and I just don't trust him with this this injury now. It's looking like he's going to be done for the season at this point because of how every week he's just continually to hurt it. You know, they signed Mike Williams, I think, to an extension, but you got a lot of aging pieces on defense with like Khalil Mack and a couple of linebackers by them as well. Like, it might be time. Like, you're gonna. We all know about the second contract for. For running backs with Eckler, it's probably not going to go well. Is it time to blow this team up a little bit and do a little bit of a rebuild? Because like you're not winning this division in the next few years with Seattle ahead of schedule in the 49ers and when the Rams resurge out of nowhere. Even though the Chargers are in a different division than those three teams. You oh, mentioned. yeah, my bad. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the NFC. Oh, totally my bad. Completely. But yeah, no, with the Chiefs there, you're still the three, right, though. though. Chiefs, yeah. I, I, I Chiefs, Broncos, the same Raiders, reason, Chiefs Broncos yeah. and Raiders, yeah. they're going to get better. Wow, big big uh, whiff on me. But they're all going no to you know, continue to uh, succeed. And when the Raiders do finally get a clue, they'll be able to be decent. I just don't see them being competitive enough to make the playoffs year out of year. No, their skill group is is kind of terrible. I mean, when you're looking at like Herbert trying to go to anybody other than Mike Williams, I mean, it's just not. They just don't make plays. I mean, Guyton doesn't make plays. I think it was like Palmer doesn't make plays. Everett doesn't really make plays. I mean, he doesn't really have anyone to really go to consistently now that Allen's you know been in and out of the lineup with all of his injuries. So yeah, I think you have to draft a lot of pass catchers for this team. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of time to blow it up. I think they kind of tried to go not all in this year. I think they tried to add significant pieces to this team to try to be competitive and try to win the division. But now that they're kind of just this mad team um, again, I think you kind of have to look uh, to the head coach. Uh, You have your quarterback, so that's great. And I think they have to continue to keep on building, but they are getting older. I think you start have to start maybe time to start selling some of those assets and start drafting and building really a team around Herbert, pass catchers, things like that, uh, offensive pieces. Uh, You know, they they have their guy. Herbert is their guy. That, you know, it's not like they have a question there. Um, But I think they are older. I think they tried to take a little bit of a risk this year, but it hasn't paid off. And I think looking for their future, I think they just kind of have to hit the reset button and, uh, and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, if I'm Sean Payton, 
this is the team you want to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I believe that like above Dallas, you know, like no offense, but like, as long as Jerry Jones is there, like Dallas is like, it's just a toxic place to be a coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can't you actually, yes coach. Man. you can't coach. Yeah. You have to be no. a yes man. Yeah. How, how deja vu would it be too to have like Drew Brees leave San Diego and go to New Orleans and then have Sean Payton leave New Orleans and go to San Diego? It'd <laughs> <laughs> be for a circle. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to name you two games that are just hilarious to make fun of and don't need a lot of time. The Steelers and the Saints. Yep, Saints yep. really suck. Steelers win, but, man, yeah. I don't even think the, those fans check them out, really. <laughs> Anyone have anything to say? Andy nope. Dalton. What, <laughs> I have what, one thing to say. You suck, Um, you were saying? Uh, <laughs> I am so happy the Saints keep losing. We have their first-round pick, which is now the number yeah. four pick. So, you know, oh, hey, God damn you Saints. Tank, tank, tank. I'll see you. <laughs> Fair enough. The Titans and the Broncos. Tannehill comes back, gets two touchdowns, but the Broncos are such a failed experiment. Judy's hurt. No running game whatsoever. The Broncos. Ha, 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 ha. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I said that the Broncos wouldn't win right more than five games this year, and that is still the case. So I'm holding that pick throughout the entire year. <laughs> Another game, quick game to go through. We have the Lions and the Bears. Pissed me the fuck off because I lost my parlay, the only leg from that. Uh the Bears again. Jalen, um, Justin Fields has another stellar game on the ground and on, um, and in the air, but it leads to a loss. So uh, good for Dan Campbell and those Lions, but uh, the Bears. They should have a winning record. It's aggravating. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Justin Fields now as we completely trashed him through the season. But this this offense has is clicking and has promise. And I hope they actually get get it together soon. Mm-hmm. If the Lions ever find any kind of continuity, they're going to have a great offense. I mean, Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown is the truth. And I will be drafting him in fantasy every year going forward because that man is amazing. Yeah. Yes. We've, we've been do, we, saying- do they need a better quarterback? Yes. That's a that's a big yes. uh, that's a that's a yes. big yes. Is it worth drafting a quarterback, whether Stroud or Young or the Duke, Duke kid from Tennessee? They should just trade the Eagles for Gardner Minshew. That would be an upgrade. I would say no for now for drafting though, just because you got to focus on this defense and get it to at least yeah. mediocre. Because yeah. you know the Rams with golf went to the playoffs in Super Bowl. You could do the same thing if you get the de- the defense to that level. I would still yeah. say that you yeah. can draft a guy and let him sit at least a year. Um, you know, and see if he evolves into anything. But uh, I just feel you know I feel bad for Justin Fields because he's got this organization on life support and um, deserves better. I think he's the real deal. All right, all right. Uh, another game that doesn't deserve a lot of attention. The Rams, now with Cooper Cup being injured, what is oh. the damn point anymore? Um, uh, the Ty- cards. Tyler Higby. Tyler yeah. Higby's going to pop off. There we go. You want to watch the Tyler Higby g- yeah, game? It's the Tyler uh, Higby show from here on out. I mean, that, you know, cards. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's definitely a lame duck coach. Um, and then you just have just trash playing more trash and, um, yeah. And now we can really 
think about what Sean McVay wants to do moving forward, too. I think that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. You think Sean McVay is the coach of the Rams a year from now? It's yeah. so tough. I-, I think he would, but I also, it's so weird because, like I said last week, uh, with that pact, like with the teams that he has with Donald and Stafford, that like if they go, he goes too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. That's the thing. It's I can see Donald finally packing it in. I could see Stafford doing the same thing. And, I, and McVay has a bunch of problems. I don't know why he would do it. I think he's a great coach, but maybe he just still like, yeah. so young. Yeah, and he's very young, and he still proved it. So that's why it's like weird that when you saw that he was included in that pack, where it's like he's young, he's won a Super Bowl. Why would he want to leave now? But maybe he's because like, yeah, I proved everything for myself and this franchise. I got him a ring, and I can pack it in now and make a bunch of money as a as a commentator. He has millions. He just wants to go hang out on the beach and just talk football on a Sunday yeah. for a few hours. I wouldn't. I I do the same thing. He has yeah. a he has a ring and nothing to prove. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, yeah, you know, that could be his thing. Yeah, I have a ring. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I don't they need could rebuild myself. this offense through the draft. I don't think it's completely over for the Rams. Like in the future, it's over this season, but it's not not for not in the future. I think they yeah. just need a better O line, maybe a good running back that could come right back compete in this division. So I'll I'll throw a wild card out to you guys because I think like there's plenty of rope still left on his on his um on his leash, but um I actually see him going back to college. I think that there's like a huge market for young coaches. I mean, you see the the the, the talent um that uh uh who, who's the coach at USC they now? They get paid um, more. Really? Like more there's, yeah. there's there's so much potential there, and you know he could have the full, full keys to the kingdom wherever he goes in college, especially with the repertoire um with the with you know with the gravitas and the success of having the Super Bowl. I think he he garners a lot right now. I like that. All right. Yeah, put that on the YouTube shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Stumble through the damn take. (laughs) Thursday night featured the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, So, I want to go to Desmond with this. Yeah. And to be fair, you had a fair point a few weeks ago that if the Falcons won two weeks ago, um, that they would have a lock shot. uh, They'd have a lock shot at uh, winning that division. They've only lost since then. The yep. Bucks have won since then. And to be fair, I, I'm not gonna. It's not wasn't terrible take at the time, but um, have the Fal- I'm gonna ask you pretty much: Have the Falcons lost any hope or chance to uh, be competitive again? Especially now losing to a Carolina team, who maybe I, it's it, they're up in the air. Who's more embarrassing, Carolina and the Raiders? But at the end of the day, Carolina does have three wins. The Falcons are a frustrating team. Um, mm. I think they have enough talent to get to the playoffs, but there's no consistency on this team. Like they, they have. I don't want to call it the Josh Allen effect here, but like it feels like whenever the game is close, they just like they usually find ways to lose. Except for when you know DJ Moore throws his helmet down in the end zone. So I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, I'm selling. I'm selling Falcons stock right now. I do not think they're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, they they still could. I think they could win these next four games, but I just don't think they got the poise to do so. Uh, I think Mariota crumbles in these situations. I don't like their chances now. Yeah, I think uh, Mariota is not going to be starting quarterback after this season. Uh, one I can't. Thing. I can't. Yeah, uh, I can't even blame it on Mariota though, because like all these draft picks by the Atlanta on offense, they just don't show up. Yeah. They don't show up. Kyle Pitts is a bust right now. Drake London yes, has he is. five catches. For Say that again. Yeah. Fourth overall yes. pick, Kyle Pitts. 
Damn. Drake London's not doing anything. Like Cordaro Patterson isn't the same after injury. Like he's working right now with Caleb Huntley, Tyler Allegier, and Avery Williams at running back, himself running the ball, and occasionally will throw a TD in the red zone. Like he can't do anything. And they just traded Calvin Ridley for reasons that don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say the Kyle Pitts thing is like the craziest thing to me. That it dude is. is supposed to be a generational talent yeah. in his position. And he has been the biggest disappointment. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to show up. I don't know if it's because they're not scheming for him or, or getting him the ball, whatever. I don't know what the case is with Kyle Pitts, but I think oh. this year he's the most disappointing player in the league. Other than it for could us, be scheme. Yeah. I mean, I he did better last year with Matt scheme. Ryan. Yeah, I think it's scheme. And also you got to think about it. Like he should be doing well. Mariota and Delaney and uh, Delaney Walker on the Titans were a powerhouse of yeah. offense. Delaney yeah. Walker had four 800-yard seasons in a row. Never had that in his entire career. Like Kyle Pitts should be playing well. I really think it comes to the scheme, though, because Arthur Smith is, hasn't ever really been known in in his when his, he was really an OC towards the in the beginning to the end of Mariota and the beginning of Tannehill. The Titans really didn't do as well uh, at tight end. I think that. Well, I think you raise a good point because I think that was kind of the criticism with him in Tennessee with him underutilizing AJ Brown. It felt like it was more on Vrabel to kind of get. It things initiated with him in the offense ingratiated. I think that they definitely need to kind of turn the tides and get closer, you know, to framing around Kyle Pitts because I don't think he's a smoke screen. I think he really is truly like that talented. And I actually do believe in Arthur Smith. And I think that he kind of is the leader uh, to steer the ship moving forward. I think he's a, a pretty exceptional coaching talent. All right. Final game to go over before we talk about the games next week. The Chiefs and the Jaguars. Now, this team never covers. So, so, you know, I did. I picked the money line on that one. But this game should not, after being up 20 nothing, get as close as it was. And I get it. It's still a two-possession game. But um, there's two things to take away. And I think it's – I'm going to pick the latter. You could say, all right, the Chiefs, they got too comfortable with uh, Mahomes' four touchdowns and um, – how can they, uh, um, you know, do such a thing? But you could also say that the Jaguars at three and seven are not as bad as their record indicates, and they might need some rebuilding in the, you know, they need to get some new assets in the draft. But I think this is something. The one thing to take away is that the Jaguars are on their way to be a good team in the future. Do you guys agree with my take, or do you want to take another one? Couldn't agree more. If this team gets a legit defense, this is going to be a very complete team. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is everything that we ever hoped for. Yeah. Um, I like to, I, I'm excited for year three and watch him grow even more with Doug Peterson, um, mm-hmm. who I think is a great offensive mind. And just the weapons. Like, you have, you know, even Marvin Jones, who's on his way out of the league in age, he's producing. Like, they, Evan Ingram, who we didn't think was going to do anything after his years with the Giants, is playing well. Um, Christian Kirk with that contract is making uh, making his money. Same thing with Etienne uh, as a, as his true rookie year. If you think about it, like they got weapons, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, just real quick on the the Jags too. I know we haven't really talked about him, but them getting Trayvon Walker with the first pick, and a lot of people thought that was a little bit of a, a reach early on, but he's looking like he can be the guy to anchor that defense going forward, and if they can build around him. For that Jags defense and him be like the captain of that defensive squad, I think the Jags have a really, really bright future. But I know me as a biased uh, Georgia fan here, 
I know a lot of people <laughs> were just saying like, oh, Walker shouldn't go first, but I he's a stud. And I'm happy he's doing decent with Jacksonville. And I think that could be their anger going forward for that defensive uh, side of the ball. I think the Jaguars and the Browns are two teams that their records don't accurately reflect how good mm-hmm. they are. I, yeah. I think the Jaguars are going to be good next year. But, you know, depending on what offseason moves they make, how their draft goes. Because, yeah, there, there's some deficiencies on the team. I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence needs another pass catcher on that team besides Kirk, who is his new number one. But, I think the future is bright for Jacksonville as long as they make the right like personnel moves. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with everything you guys said. <laughs> and uh, Kansas City, even though they let the game get a little close, they're still one of the best teams in the AFC. And uh, definitely take them seriously, especially with Buffalo slipping. Does anyone have anything to say about the Chiefs, especially now with that stupid, phony Kadarius Tony having a very good game, which I hope is his only good game this season. I, I really that. think they're the best team in the league right now. Yeah. Tony might play even well next week if uh, Juju's out with a uh, concussion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hated how he limped into the – I would have punted him in the head, but he limped, <laughs> when he limped it into the end zone, <laughs> I was so mad. I, I, I was so mad. I mean, best of luck to Kadarius Tony in the future, but uh, I was so mad when he did the hobble into the end zone. I was like, <laughs> People faking injuries to guy in New York seems to be a common thing in the last year, James yeah. Harden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, yeah, uh, it clearly is leading you somewhere. And, you know, the 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 Tony thing, he was supposed to be pretty much what Devontae Smith was supposed to be. So I don't know if that that's a good comparison, but um, he he there's a reason why he's a double one over. He was a first round draft pick. And if he really felt salty about Dayball and Shane, then the hell with him. Um, I don't wish him good luck. I just wish that he's healthy uh, and he doesn't get hurt and he sucks. <laughs> just a quick thing with Tony. Uh, a lot of people forget that he had an endorsement from another head coach uh, who's no longer head coach in the league, <laughs> uh, in uh, Urban Meyer, who said that he would have taken him. Uh, and the Jaguars drafted Travis Etienne. So you're welcome, Jaguars fans. They decided to go with uh, a guy who's going to be a stud running back for years to come over – Kadarius Tony and don't have to deal with Urban Meyer anymore. But just just a fun fact. <laughs> there you go, guys. Let's talk about uh, Week Eleven in this upcoming season. Um, let's go through these games. Let's make some fun comments. Let's make our predictions and let's start it right here, right now. Thursday night, the spread is minus three for Green Bay. Green plays playing in the Titans at Lambeau. Where do we see this game going? Tough one. Green Bay, Green yeah. Bay. It's gonna be really cold, and Derrick Henry's not gonna be used to that. Yeah, I'm going Green Bay with this one too. I pick Green Bay. Yeah, I do as well. Titans. There we go. There has to because, be one. Because, <laughs> huh? Because King Henry. Are you kidding me? No. No. I think uh, Titans will dominate time of possession, keep the ball out of a struggling Packers offense's hands. Titans. This game is going to set the tone for the AFC. The Jets and the Patriots. The Jets are going to New England. The spread is minus three for New England. Um, After the Jets get embarrassed at MetLife, they have an important win in Buffalo. They get the bye. And uh, now they can really show what's it for all if this team is legit. 
a lot on the line for both teams. As I mentioned, this will really affect the playoff seating ahead. I'm very interested to see what you guys think. Who's going to win? Never bet against Belichick off a bye. Yeah. Pats all the way. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. So, yeah, (laughs) Patriots. I'm not listening to you guys. I'm all in (laughs) on the Jets. I'm going with the Jets in this one. (laughs) I pick actually New England. So uh, we'll have Alex as the lone one in this one. Okay. The Lions are playing the Giants at MetLife at 1 o'clock. And it's going to be a spread of three points for Big Blue. Who's taking this? Taking the Lions. You got to take the Lions. Got to take the Lions. Got to take the Lions. Why is I'm that? taking the Lions too. I think this well, is. The, uh... I think that the running, the duel of uh, Williams and Swift is too much for your defense. I just don't think you're going to be able to do it. I think it's a trap game that they're looking forward to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They get caught off guard. I'm not overthinking this one. I got the Giants win, winning comfortably. Me too. Uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be comfortable just because off the Texan game, I thought that was going to be a comfortable win. But I, I'm going with the Giants <laughs> in, in another close one. But I'm going with Giants getting the edge on that one. The Bears are playing Atlanta at Atlanta. Oh, three and God. seven versus four and six. Atlanta <laughs> has the spread at three points. Who's going to take who? Oh, I'm going to Bears. I'm going to take the Falcons just so that Justin Fields continues that the Bears continue to slip and he'll get a true like receiver in the draft. So, you know what? Let's keep uh, on losing and get a good pick. Yeah, I say you're not bought into Mooney or Chase Claypool? <laughs> no. Uh, no, not at all. They're really, you know what? They're really good number 2 and number 3 receivers, but he needs an AJ Brown like Tyreek Hill guy. You're great. I think Atlanta, just because I think they see their own clock ticking. They're looking at Tampa. Um, If they don't win this game, I think their season starts to dwindle. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago for me. Uh, The Bears offense is too much for the Falcons. I think they're not going to be able to handle this new Bears like offensive attack, which (laughs) ever since New England game, it seemed like they just like flipped some switch and now they're amazing. So, yeah, Bears. they, They finally trusted Fields. He just said, you do what you want to do. That's yeah. that, that's one man show. See that touchdown run he had last week against the oh, Lions? Yeah. That was he's electric. He's dub bears. He's so good. <laughs> Cleveland is playing the Buffalo. Cleveland is going to Orchard Park. And uh, the spread is Buffalo at minus eight and a half. Desmond, you said early that you think that Cleveland is going to get this real shocking upset. And um yeah. You know, after if after their first ten games that the Bills were going to be six and four, then um clearly we were all duped in thinking that this was going to be a dominant season. Um, yes. Listen, seven feet of snow. That's all I'm saying. Right now, the Bills are thinking about building a new stadium, and they're not going to build one with a dome. And that is on them. Like, <laughs> like that's on them. You want to play in the snow with no running game? Okay. Well, Nick Chubb has a running game. I, yeah, I like the I like the Browns here. Agreed. I, I don't I think the I think the Bills are gonna win, but I'm thinking the Bears are definitely gonna cover the spread. I think eight is in that in those type of conditions kind of favor the Browns and their attack. I think the Bills can sneak a win out, but I eight, no. I think the Browns are gonna cover the spread there. I think Buffalo wins just out of desperation, but it's gonna be a tight game. 
Yeah, I see the uh, Bills easily winning the spread, to be honest. Uh, I mean, this is the Browns, guys. <laughs> Their defense can't compete if um, all things are clicking. Yes, I know the weather is a factor, but I think um, something's going to snap, especially if um, Josh Allen is fully healthy as well. So <laughs> I will put pride on the line for this one. The Eagles are playing the Colts at Indy. The spread is six and a half for Philly. Oh boy. Imagine if Jeff Saturday wins this one. <laughs> How angry would every professional coach ever <laughs> be if um this team that started eight and no lose two in a row and one of those losses is against an inexperienced coach? And I guess Jeff Saturday, um, I'm not going to say this guy's Bill Belichick all of a sudden, but uh, when he made that pretty, pretty, um, when he made those big points against, um, you know, against him in that press conference, just give me a shot and what are you going to do there? So um, the, the Eagles can't afford to lose this game. How, how could they be taken seriously for the rest of the season? You literally have to win the Super Bowl to be forgiven for this. I'm I mean, taking the Colts. <laughs> I mean, the Colts did beat the Chiefs earlier. I mean, you know. yeah. <laughs> uh, as much as much as I want Jeff Saturday to go on a on a Jeremy Lin esque run for the second uh-huh. half of this NFL season, uh, I the Eagles have this game in the bag. I, I don't think this is close. This may be like a two to three touchdown win for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game because, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to fix our run defense problems over the course of one week. And Jonathan Taylor is a great running back, but I got the Eagles. I think it really just depends on if if Matt Ryan has a good game, I think they beat the Eagles because they're missing two cornerbacks right now and Dallas Goddard. Uh, So they have a banged up secondary and they don't have the safety blanket to extend drives because they have no running offense on this team besides Jalen Hurts. If they could contain him, the game's over. You know, this was an NFC championship rematch. (laughs) Rams are at home. Sorry, Rams are out on the road playing the Saints at home. The spread is New Orleans at four points. And um, LOL at this game for two franchises that were really proud well when they played in the uh, NFC Championship a few years ago. And now they are two of the laughing stocks in the NFC. Where do we see this going? Saints. Big. Yeah. Uh, Saints. Yeah. I say I, I say Saints because they got that NFC title game uh, taken away from them. I think right was that the past mm-hmm. year? So was yeah, it yeah. called? Yeah, them? yeah, yeah. So I think they get the revenge uh, and just beat up on the Rams, who are just not a good team right now. Yeah. 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 Baltimore is playing the Panthers. <laughs> the spread is twelve points. Looks like it's the biggest spread of the week. What's going to happen? Double digit spreads. I really do. Should be like twenty two point spread. I mean, this should be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's by the way, it looks like game. Baker Mayfield is playing this game. By the way, I don't know if that makes <laughs> a difference. But... Oh yeah, this like game's that's... over. This game's yeah, over. Like, like that's changing our mindset. Yeah. Oh my god, the Panthers. He head butted. He head butted his teammate. I mean, the Ravens definitely cover now. That's what we know. Twenty one to three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the reverse. I hate double digit spreads, but it's a lock. Ravens are covered. Kind of hey. So the Commanders and the Texans are playing. No Commanders, if they really want to make a playoff push, they really need to win this game. They're only three point favorites. Uh, what do we see this week for them? Question is: Is Heineke or Wentz starting? Because I know they're. It's actually yeah. what you guys think. 
Is it? They well, picked once. Did they? Pick it's not official. Sorry, it's not official yet. But I think they're going to. You think? I think this? they're going to give. Actually, that's Wentz. a good thing. That's a good thing. Yes. Come on, Wentz. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I want the commanders to lose. So I mean, like, once yeah. he's got to keep Heineke, you got to keep Heineke. He I has the swagger. The, yeah, you, I think you got to yeah. keep the. If, if Heineke's starting, I think the commanders win this game. For oh, some yeah. reason, I feel if Wentz is in this, as I, I just I don't have a good feeling about it. For some reason, he's Texans have played everyone competitively. The offense, yeah, yeah Texans have been playing. The offense wasn't clicking when he was starting. When Wentz was starting with that, and then for some reason with Heineke, it's a whole other level. So. Depending on who's starting, they, I think they like him. They like Heineke. They they want to roll with him. If they start Heineke, they'll win. If they don't, then screw them. Then they don't like him. <laughs> I mean, Brian, Alex, we are Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants fans. We should be rooting for Wentz to be the starter here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, sir, no. I, I love I love a competitive NFC East because I want all four teams to make the playoffs. So then, when Dallas could just bulldoze everyone and go to the NFC Championship, yeah, we'll see that. <laughs> don't say that. You know what happens when you come to MetLife or or the Giants in the playoffs where you guys you get hurt game something yeah something like i don't know we'll see you come to we'll MetLife, you get hurt there's a lot of fools there's a lot of fools gold in the nfc east right now oh for sure this is funny the raiders and the broncos <laughs> uh denver has uh the spread at minus two and a half <laughs> what'd you say alex it's unwatchable sorry yeah this is, this is my this is my not even I hope they don't even make an appearance on red zone. I don't even want to see anything from this game. Uh, but I, I, if I had to pick, I, I, I think the Raiders are desperate. I hope yeah, the league, they, they figure it out. So I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. We got yeah, Raiders. Raiders all day. They got no the choice. Aren't they winning. have to. We have Broncos a very... can't play offense. <laughs> Neither can we. We have a very good uh, game of the week. 425. Cowboys and Vikings. Cowboys are going to Minnesota for this one. Yes. Um, the spread is actually only one point at the moment Ow. to Dallas. Wow. Where do we see this going? If this game gets flexed to Sunday night, Dallas by a million. But, <laughs> but I don't think as the, as the realistic Cowboys fan, I, I just think that the Vikings are going to I don't think Justin Jefferson might have a Randy Moss game times two against this against this team right now. We're not playing well. And then fire Mike McCarthy on the uh, spot. Uh, Even yeah, that. Yeah. Please. Uh, yeah. Oh God. I agree. I think the Vikings have the momentum. Huge win in Buffalo. Uh crazy game. Uh they're all the confidence. And I think, you know, being at home, those fans are gonna be crazy after that win. Uh so that's why I think the Vikings are gonna win. I think it's gonna be a really fun game, though. We could have back-to-back great four o'clock. Games, oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I think the Vikings are gonna love the win. Brian, do you know? Brian, do you know if they flew home for this game or they just stay up north? <laughs> I don't. I would think that they they probably stayed right. They they had they had. Yeah. It would be it would be dumb to go back. They maybe they went to Oxnard and Cali uh, at their old uh, training camp. Who knows? So this team needs an attitude adjustment. You know, they're just. I'm just disappointed. Is Kirk Cousins playing at one o'clock? No, no. Dallas then. <laughs> Dallas wins this. Wins this week. You know, 
one o'clock Canton Kirk. You know, he's a uh, he's not he's not there this week. I got the Cowboys. They need this. They need this as a bounce back game. The Vikings are probably just you know they're going to come out flat after winning that Bills game. There's some magic though with this Minnesota team. I don't know. They have won seven in a row. They lose this week to the Cowboys. I'm picking Minnesota for this one. Um, a weird, a random game. Yeah. Can I ask one question? Do you really think that Justin Jefferson catch was that good? I still think Odell is as better. Oh, what? There, I, there I was a know. whole defensive no, 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 back no, 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 behind. No, no, no. no, the Justin Jefferson catch was better. Yeah. No, the way I think about it is that the DB got an interception, and then Justin Jefferson just used gravity and held on to the ball and used his own weight to pull it to his body. No, but you're making the point though. He had to yeah. rip it with one hand out of that dude's two hands. He had two. Mm. Justin Jefferson yeah. had one. He like, ripped it, especially out of his in hands. an important game in an important mid-November game. That Odell game, the Giants were out of it at that point. I would also it, say that that George Pickens catch early in the year was pretty lethal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give it over Odell. Then. As much as much as I love Odell, and I have I had a pillow growing up of that catch on my bed. I saw it every <laughs> night, and then when he got traded, I was very sad. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Jefferson made a better catch than that. As, I, as, mu- as, as much as I love that Odell catch and I can watch that, uh, it was a random game here in the Bengals and Steelers. Cincy is opening at minus four and a half. Obviously, Cincy. Who's picking the Steelers? Yeah, they have what to. the hell? I have the Bengals. This should be a route. Bum, 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 bum. Especially coming off a bye. I think they're good. Chiefs and the Chargers. This was cool when it was the first Thursday night football game. Now it's uh, boring. Um, Kids City opening at six and a half. That's it. That's it. Wow. I like the uh, Chiefs at home. Yeah. Same. Well, the, sorry, everyone, the Chiefs, are, Chiefs are on the road. Chiefs no, no, no. Road. You don't understand. The Chargers don't have home. Oh, oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> Every, everyone's hurt on that offense. Even their tight end now is hurt with a groin injury. So it's like that was their number one option, technically. Gerald Everett, there's, there's, he has no one to throw to. That game could be over at halftime. Now, shame on the NFL, though, for making this the Sunday night game. They flexed this as a Sunday night game. We should have the Vikings and the Cowboys the Sunday Clearly. night game. Oh, yeah. That's they, want, they want Kirk to win. They want Kirk to win. They know. I want to fight them. So 49ers and Cardinals on Monday night, minus eight for San Fran. Yeah, San Fran. Uh, as, San much, Fran. Uh, as much as I, I like Carla Murray, if he plays, and, and DeAndre Hopkins, I think it's the 49ers. I, just the Cardinals have been very disappointing this year. All right. All Cardinals. right. Yeah. Oh, Cardinals. Cardinals. Mexico City chasing Kyler Murray around the field at 7,500 feet elevation. 49ers are going to get gassed. Well, I think well, isn't Ertz out for the whole year? I, I don't think they have anybody left on the on that offense. Besides, have you watched DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins play? He is a oh, one man team. No, Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore in the slot. Rondell Moore is, is making, nice. Yeah, and James Connor came on last week. Yeah, it's got, so good they cut their running back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I'm also going to actually go with San Fran in this one, but um. Listen, it was a good show, a fun show. And um, even if the matchups are so, so a week ahead, we're still going to have fun with it. But uh, thank you so much for a, another stellar week in the NFL to review. And I can't wait to do this a week from tonight. 
with you guys. So that's Brian McKeon, Desmond Price, Alex Young, and Alex Renelio. Thank you again, gentlemen. Have a good Thank night. You guys. Have a good night, everyone. Ah, the first time we had all five of us in the right place in the right time only led true quality content. Thank you to the two Alexes, Desmond and Brian, for an awesome panel discussion regarding this past week in the NFL. So with that, let's hand it over to Russ Miller. Let's see what he has for week 11 in the college football season, where conferences are going to be decided, where major rivalry games are going to start. And uh, we're on our way to the big college football playoff that's going to start 2023. So, Ramblin' Russ Miller, let's hear your college picks. Let's hear your picks for Week 11 in the NFL. And let's see if we can win some money out of it. So, here we go with Ramblin' Russ Miller. Good afternoon, sports fans, and welcome to Ramblin' Russ's picks for college football week number 12. Last week, Ramblin' was 3-1, and one, his only loser being Kansas, his winners being UConn, Penn State, and TCU. And here we go for this week's week 12 picks in college football. We're going to start off with Duke, plus the seven and a half points. Duke plus seven and a half. Liberty, that's right. Liberty bounces back after being embarrassed by the Connecticut Huskies as a two and a two touchdown favorite on the road. They come home and they get a Vatech team that is reeling. Take Liberty minus the nine and a half to bounce back at home. Game two. Game three, we go to West Point where the Yukon Huskies Visit the Army Cadets. The Army, or is it the Army Black Knights? My apologies, Army. The Army team. They UConn goes to West Point to face Army. They are getting ten points. UConn is getting ten points. The spread is off by at least seven points. I'm taking UConn plus the ten, all the way to the bank. And last pick of the game. Last pick of the day. In college, again, 3-1 last week, doing very well on the season. TCU minus the three. Texas Christian University stays undefeated on the road, minus the three. So, again, Duke plus 7.5. Liberty minus 9.5. UConn plus the 10. And TCU minus the three. For week number 11 in the NFL in the league where they play for pay. And we start off in Thursday night football. Thursday night football, the Green Bay Packers host the Tennessee Titans. The Titans come in as a three-point underdog in this ballgame, and I look for the Titans to win this game outright Thursday night, as the public's probably going to be all over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So I'm taking the Titans plus the three against the Green Bay Packers. Game number two, we go to the MetLife Stadium, where those New York football giants continue, continue to be dis disrespected by the Las Vegas odds makers as they are a three-point choice against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, they are a three-point favorite. The Giants minus the three is game number two. Game number three, another team, no respect, zero respect. The Minnesota Vikings are playing the Dallas Cowboys. The Vikings are plus one at home 
against the Dallas Cowboys. I like the Vikings plus the one. And the the next game is definitely a revenge game. It is a revenge game. It is a game where the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 will prove that they belong at the top or near the top of their division, and they will beat the New England Patriots on the road. They will end their 13-game losing streak to the New England Patriots on Sunday. Take the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 plus the three as your fourth pick. So, again, small dogs, pick them type games, except for the Giants. They should destroy the Lions on Sunday. We're taking the Titans plus three. We're taking the Vikings plus one and the Jets plus three. We're also taking the Giants minus the three. Good luck. Have fun. Enjoy the NFL season. And coming up after that, we have Thanksgiving and a turkey shoot coming your way. Have a great day, everyone. Good stuff, Russ. Let's win some money with your picks. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prod Convo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Well, Nikki, you are next on the Productive Conversations podcast. We have a show for you that is dropping on Friday where me and Winnicky talk about his rap career that he is starting. We talk about his music. We talk about his brand. We talk about his upcoming show in New York City on Monday night. And we really get to know this guy who really could. He may possibly be a big big star in the world of rap so definitely check him out see what he has in store and uh we really really get a nice wholesome conversation out of it so you do not want to miss that dropping this friday so with that keep on keeping off for the rest of your week as mentioned we are returning on friday with Winnicky, and we're going to hear about his rap music and then we have some more stellar podcasts ahead for you in the future so let's get on the ride let's enjoy it and with that my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and i will see you on friday i love each and every single one of you the greatest fans and listeners in the world. We will see you very, very soon. Peace. Baseline, baseline, love it when you grab me on my waistline, baseline.